more than 20 years in engineering and then suddenly decided to become a tech recruiter. But now he's here to give you insights on all things recruitment from an engineer's perspective. This is Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Welcome back to episode 8 of Double Talks. So before we go into this episode, I wanted to thank all of you for the many requests for new episodes. Over the last few months, life happened, but also a new job. It left less time to actually work on all the projects that I have running. And trust me, in between being a dad and work, I tried to exercise, continue my mentoring for recruiters, advise recruiting teams, build a podcast, write a book. It's a bit busy, but it also means that I'm alive and making the most of it. The goal, as all of you know, for my podcast is to create actionable content for recruiting and have a particular order in which I want to record my shows. However, sometimes things change and I decided to move the topic for this show forward. Now, why is that? Well, recently I was a speaker at the Sourcing Summit or Social Tech. I love sharing my experience and ideas on that platform. It's a great way to connect with my peers in the speaking economy. It, however has a side effect that can be great as well, by the way, but uh, I emphasize on can be. And I'm talking about job offers. So in the time following the event, I received more outreaches from sources, recruiters, and leaders than usual, which I'm honestly humbled by. Now, I'm not saying this to brag because I know all my fellow speakers experience the same, and many recruiters at this moment are getting more inbound and offers than a year ago. The recruitment market is absolutely going crazy, and at this time it's even harder to recruit a recruiter than it is to uh, find an engineer. So it's quite surprising that looking at the sheer numbers, there are so many recruiters out of a job, and at the same time so many recruiter positions open. That it surprises me that with the hunting season for recruiters going on, the quality is quite bad. So I wanted to focus on this for this show as I noticed some trends. And one is that recruiting to recruiting outreach is terrible. Honestly. And I mean really bad. 9 of 10 messages from recruiters to recruiters are templated. 9 out of 10 show that the recruiter resourcer did not even read the profile. So I gathered my own information, but also that of peers around me to check if I was the only one receiving these messages. But they all say 9 out of 10 messages are templated. 9 of the 10 show that recruiters or sources did not even read the profile. As many of you know, I'm a big fan of remote work and I still get approached for office-based positions. I spoke about this topic before outreach so just listen to my older episodes uh, to get some practical information about that because it really surprises me that nine out of ten is still templated and when you have so many inbound as recruiters have at this moment they're going to choose for the ones that actually make sense and actually are specified to them now number two is that when i get approached by c-level people and it can be a ceo or a coo or any other c-level their messages are short They have hardly any information in there, but they are personal. No template, just straight to the core. Saw you, love this and this. Do you want to work with us? Do you want to have a chat? And while that is not always the greatest message out there, it's actually better than recruiter ones, which is odd as it's the recruiter's job to be able to do this. Outreach is part of the job. So every time this happens, uh, I'm quite surprised. Now, when you're finally 
beyond that outreach part and you say, hey, listen, okay, let's have a chat. Then what I noticed is that recruiting interviews are actually worse than any other interview out there. I've been interviewed as an engineer quite a while and I'm surprised by the questions that recruiters got asked. Quite surprising that in the interviews that I've done, I get the same questions all the time. And often they're not really a good predictor of success. Now, a lot of companies have introduced star-based questions, so the star method, which is actually good, but it depends on how you implement it. So example of a star question is, can you give me an example of when you had to deal with multiple priorities at the same time? I've had this question at every company I spoke with. But there are also non-star-based questions like, what is your max workload? Now, the issues with these kind of questions is that if they're asked in that specific way, so can you give me an example of, as a tick-box question, a candidate can easily talk hypothetical with you, describing a fictional situation or process. The reason is simple. We know the question will come, so we tell you what you want to hear. So while I love the star method, it needs to be implemented in a discussion, not a ticking box in a row of star-based questions. And what is your max workload is one that I always get, and every person I spoke with gets the same question. Now, this is a question that can deliver an answer that can misguide you. The answer fully depends on if the positions are the same, if they are recurring or unique, what the level is, the specialism, the hiring location, the scarcity of the, of the skill set that you need, what the competition is like. It's a matrix of metrics that tie into max workload. So if I can handle 30 racks, but they're all the same or even the same pipeline, that's a different situation than if I can handle 15 racks that are highly complex, that are hard to find. And with those two examples, there are a lot of questions that either don't work or they're just being asked in the wrong way. Interviewing is not about asking questions. It's about gaining valuable information needed to make a decision. So how you build your interviews are crucial for success. So we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about recruiting recruiters through the eyes of an engineer. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Recruiting recruiters has always fascinated me. Why? Well, because when I look at the questions recruiters get during an interview, it's incomparable with how software engineers are hired, for instance. And I'm not just talking about the first screen, I'm talking about the complete process. Why are so many recruiters failing interviews at the moment? Why is it so hard to find good ones? Why are so many tech recruiters failing interviews with me in particular? Why are we asking the wrong questions during interviews all over again? So let's talk about what should deliver a great hire. And let's talk about um, tech recruiters in this space, because that's my niche. But as usual, this all can be translated into other fields. I give my take on a successful interview process later on, but we're diving into what is growing wrong with interviewing recruiters. So when I speak to candidates for a recruiter's position, I often notice that recruiters aren't trained or guided. Their approaches are often very reactive versus strategic. A reactive approach is getting a role, taking a direct action with the goal to hire ASAP. They just talk to a hiring manager and that's it. 
A more strategic approach is building out a relationship with the hiring manager, so you already know what will be coming, and adapting to what is needed now, while taking account what is needed in the future. It's acting as a partner, as an advisor. So most candidates I speak to hardly have a strategy. They don't even have a strategy for kicking off a new role. It's just a template for them. They talk to the hiring manager, get the standard questions, and then they run. Another concern is around workload and balancing priorities. Often candidates just take on everything and treat roles evenly, or they make their own priority based on the hiring manager's talk. They have a hard time prioritizing as they ask the hiring managers and that's it. A solution I hardly ever hear is actually getting managers together to discuss priorities or involving the VP of the team or whoever stands above that. A recruiter can't always judge the priorities of the teams, but the hiring manager can have a valuable discussion around it. When talking about managing workload and daily tasks, it's often a to-do list, sometimes a Kanban board, which is already a little bit better, but I never hear about an actual plan, like blocking off time in the calendar for certain tasks, or even saying no to the business or manager. And buzzword bingo, I've said it so much, but it's a huge annoyance to me. When I ask candidates to pick a role they are comfortable with, so let's take a Java engineer for this example, and ask them what makes a great Java engineer, I actually get strangest answers. They have been coding for 10 years, they know other languages, well they do training, etc. So what's a reasonable answer? It actually is simple, it depends on what you're looking for. Every company or team uses a tech stack in a different way. It might be a big monolith versus microservices. It might be around concurrency programming. Some might only work on APIs while others build from scratch. It really depends on what's needed. My favorite buzzword question is what's a DevOps engineer? Now, DevOps is a philosophy, an approach, a mindset, but it's not a job. While companies do use the name DevOps engineer, this is due to a lack of a better name. Often I get the answer, oh, it's a Python engineer, someone that builds automation, and so on. But a DevOps engineer can entail so much. And a recruiter, a good one, understands that it's not just a job. So, how can this all be solved? Well, with the biggest annoyance, candidates that do no research. All these things, like what makes a good Java engineer? If they did their homework, if they dove in deeper, they could actually give me those answers. And it's not just recruiters that don't do it, it's a general lack in the whole industry. When asking a candidate why they applied for a company, I often ask what they know about the tech they will be recruiting for. There's nothing more annoying than a recruiter that doesn't know what they will be recruiting for. It will be their jobs for the next few years. They should be interested, right? So it should not be a big ask for them to have checked at least the careers jobs page. I mean, I would like to know what I'm going to be working on, wouldn't you? So that all ties back into, okay, so how can we change that? How can we do that? Well, it starts with the applicant side. Do your homework. Make sure that you understand what the company is looking for, even if it's generic. But in some cases, companies share a lot of information, especially for tech recruiters. You can already see what the tech stack is. If you're not comfortable with it, be honest. If you're comfortable with it, Make sure that you understand how they do it. Now, not all interviewers will go as technical, but it's still good to understand what you're actually applying for. Five, four, three, two, 
One, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. So you found good recruiters, you published your job, um, and now you have to do your in interviews. So how do you find that good recruiter, that good tech recruiter? This is, in my mind, uh, the best process for this. So it starts with the screen or the, in the recruiter interview. I don't like the word screen, to be honest. So this is often the G&H uh, or HR recruiter, and this is about generic questions, right? This is about why this company, it shows motivation. Why this position, it shows drive. High-level questions about experience recruitment, like what has been your max workload? What's the, what was the complexity of the, of the workload? Um, how did you deal with it? Did you have difficult customers? It's to understand what they actually did. Even questions like, what's your average time to fill? Which gives you a little bit of an idea of the process there. Um, some high-level questions around specific field, like what kind of roles, what were the challenges, and how did you work with uh, hiring managers? Did you work with people business partners or HR business partners? And then some high-level questions around sourcing. And not so much about the Boolean string, but more where are you sourcing? How are you doing that? Because you kind of want to hear if a recruiter does their own sourcing or not. And if they're not just focused on LinkedIn especially when it's about tech, and how, what kind of messages do you send? Can you tell me about the most impressive reaction you got from a candidate on outreach from you? Get some examples. And then, of course, you need to check on compensation. Please do this upfront because the salaries within the recruitment world are all over the place. Now, after that step, it's time to do the next interview. And this is the peer interview. This is about deeper level questions relevant to the role and the candidate's background. Questions like um, about the product service of the company. Did they actually do research into what they will be recruiting for? Because a good recruiter is curious. They prepare. If they don't come prepared, how do they prepare for their interviews with their candidates? How do they prepare for their talks with the hiring managers? If they're not preparing for the interview, they probably won't do that elsewhere. And then... I ask them to pick a role from the website that they feel comfortable with. So what makes a good, I don't know, uh, anything engineer in your eyes? It's about buzzwords versus understanding. Plus, are they asking for more info or not? So in the example of the Java part last, uh, that I spoke about, what makes a good Java engineer in your eyes? I don't want to hear, well, they know multiple languages. I don't want to hear um, they are constantly learning. I want to hear interest. I want to see if they did research. So, well, according to the job description, and that's a good start, instead of just out of the top of your head. And then, of course, the question is, where do you get your information to be able to recruit for this position? The question is, are they talking about hiring managers or are they actually talking to the rest of the team? And if so, what kind of questions are they asking? Where do you source? Again, this question, but this time, tell me about a special sourced candidate out of the box, or just LinkedIn. I want to know that. I want to know how different people are in their approach. And then a question which is a tricky one, and um, not a lot of people have answered this correctly in my past, but how do you build a recruitment strategy? Because it's not just kick off, publish, source, hire, that's it. It's about Kicking off a role, discussing internal versus external, inbound or outbound. Do, are we going for a hybrid uh, style? What's the time to switch between inbound and outbound? Using platforms. Time allowed before a strategy change. 
when do, does it need to happen? Are we going to do inbound for two weeks and then refer, revert to outbound? It's about the actual reach that you want to have. Are we going to do video? Are we going to do uh, simple uh, job descriptions? Are we going to utilize platforms? Are we going to utilize partners? All those kind of things, right? It's even utilizing the hiring team for posting and reach out. You kind of want to hear something about a strategy, not just I'm kicking it off, I'm publishing it, I'm sourcing it, I'm hiring. It has to be more. And then I give them a lot of time to ask questions. Because that part of the interview is my favorite, by the way. You actually give them the ability to ask you any questions. And that's where you can actually see if they really have interesting questions or if it's directly about the salary and about the team size. You kind of want to know, hey, is this candidate asking us about complexity? Is this candidate asking us about uh, how we deal with the business? Those kind of things. And then the last one is how do you use data in your work? Average time to hire insights and talent pools, adjusting job posts or titles after X amount of time, all those kind of things. If they pass that interview, it's time for the hiring manager. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. The hiring manager focuses on team load and workload. Do you collaborate with the team? How do you do that? Can you give me an example? It's about sharing profiles, helping other people out, even training others, mentoring. And what's a comfortable workload for you? And on what does it depend? Because do they really understand complexity of roles? Are they able to handle a variety of roles? And how do you balance that workload? What's your day like? What's your week like? How are you organized? Are you easily stressed? Now, you can't ask, are you easily stressed? But you can find out how they build their work week. If it all goes by a to-do list, that's an indicator of that stress can be big because what happens if things pop up left and right? Now, often people tell uh, about, well, I actually have a to-do list or have a Kanban board. Now, the Kanban board I already like. It's a little bit more uh, of a strategy. But think about blocking time off in your calendars or to-do sourcing, all those kind of things. This is a really important one. Are they organized? Then, of course, you kind of want to know if they can deal with disagreements with the manager around workload, pressure, and anything else work-related. Do they actually ring the bell when something's wrong? Can they push back if you come up and say, hey, I've got another wreck? Are they able to actually say, listen, I'm at my max right now? Try and figure that out by doing the star-based interviews, but incorporate them in a conversation. Don't just start, can you tell me about? And then again, which is so important, how many hiring managers did they have? How did they make sure they were all served? How did they treat priorities? How did they actually manage their um, expectations and manage their relationships? This is very important because sometimes a person has two hiring managers. Sometimes they have 20. You need to balance it out. How did they treat that? Because then you know if they get easily stressed again and if they actually know how to set priorities, if they know how to set a strategy again. And then give them a lot of time to ask questions. Again, you will learn about concerns. You will learn about interest. You will learn about curiosity. It's so important. I must be honest, I give candidates at least 10 minutes to ask me questions. 
sometimes I run over because it's so important to understand what that person is like and you will learn from their questions, not so much yours. Now the next step would be the HR or people business partner. And that's on collaboration. Have you ever worked with a business partner? And if so, how did you utilize them? Do they have experience with that? Not everybody has that. That's not a shame, but it's good to understand how they think they can utilize them. And have you ever used a business partner when something didn't work well with the hiring team? So can you partner with other teams on creating change or resolving issues? Because sometimes you really need that business partner. It's about a partnership there. And then the question is, hey, what would you like to see in a partnership with me? Look for items like attrition, issue on teams, pips, issues with management. A people business partner has a lot of information for a recruiter. How do they work with them? And how do they see that? And again, a lot of time for questions because the candidate might not be used to doing this. So you kind of want to know if they're really interested in working with a business partner. So those questions will actually give you good insight. The next step is a special one. And I really love this one. Um, and if you're, if you're able to do this, get a hiring manager that they're actually going to be working with, but at least get a hiring manager on the business side. And make sure that he asks questions like this. What do you expect from a relationship with me? Are we going to do regular things? How are we going to do the kickoffs? What's the transparency? What's the interest, right? And when opening a new position for me, what are your steps? Again, that kickoff part, but also recurring updates, talking to meet team members, setting up sourcing sessions, all those kind of things. And what kind of information do you want out of me for my team or my team in a kickoff call? Is it beyond skill set and years of experience? A good recruiting candidate should ask about challenges on the team, what kind of skills they're missing, what they will need soon, what kind of person they need, team composition, way of working, projects they're working on, or projects that are coming, how can they sell the job, all those kind of things. Those are the answers that you want to get as a hiring manager. And then tell me about a time that you struggled with the hiring manager. How did you resolve the issue? Did you push back, collaborate, complain to the manager, direct or indirect, data-driven? But make sure that it's in a conversation. So you can actually pull this question into talking about, well, we're getting that information from the kickoff call, but now apparently there's a struggle there, right, with the hiring manager. And how did you resolve that? It's a little bit more than just a tick box, tell me about the time that you struggled. Now, the next one is tell me about a time when you successfully pushed a candidate forward that wasn't a fit on paper. Now, this isn't always something that has happened, but it's a nice way to find out if people actually fight for their candidates, because do they know their stuff? Can they use data or examples to convince the hiring managers? A simple example is that I once hired a very junior machine learning engineer in a role that they really wanted to have a senior. But I knew the role so well that I was able to push the candidate towards the hiring manager. The person got hired, within a half a year got promoted and received the bonus as well. It means that I knew the role really, really well, thanks to that hiring manager, thanks to that hiring team. And that's the power that a recruiter needs to have. They need to be able to do that, but also they need to be able to understand that they need to do that. And then, of course, questions for me. And now you have to expect questions like challenges with the recruiting team. How do you want to collaborate? All those kind of things, not the standard stuff. 
And then it's time for, if you've got time, a skip leadership. So this is the manager of the hiring manager. This is mostly for the candidate to ask questions and get a feel of the team. So let them ask questions. Expect things about the roadmap, growth, challenges, etc. But you can also ask that as a skip level. Hey, how do you deal with that? Do you want to have that? This is more to see if they're a, a fit in the team, but also if they have that, that little thing extra where you say, hey, this can be a future leader. Now, this is a full process, um, but it should set you up for a successful hire. So instead of all the standard stuff, go for that first recruiter screen, then the peer interview, hiring manager interview, on your own side, the HR or people business partner, then the hiring manager on the business side. This is so important and crucial, especially if you can make sure that this is the hiring manager they're actually going to work with, because then you can already feel that click and you set them up for success. Both the hiring manager will know who the recruiter will be and the recruiter will know who the hiring manager will be. And then the last one, skip leadership, um, skip level leadership. Now, don't overdo it. On one interview process for a tech company that I won't name shame here, uh, I was given homework and it was crazy homework. I looked at the homework and decided not to do it as it was not only way too much, it was badly built. I'll give you a glimpse. I was given a job description. I had to handpick three people out of a list of 20 prospects. For those three, I had to build a case on why I would choose them. And for the rest, I would shoot build a case why I didn't choose them. Next, I was given three open roles for which I had to source five prospects. Now, 15 people. This is 15 live viable candidates. Now, both of the exercises had a few problems. First, they were too long. I mean, building a case for three people, one should be enough. It's to understand what a recruiter does. It's not to get free work out of them. The second problem was sourcing uh, three times five prospects. That takes time. I wish I had time for that on my job sometimes. That's 15 viable candidates or prospects. Now, both exercises were for actual open roles, which means I was doing work for free for them as well. I was basically their sourcer. And the last issue was that it was just a job description. There was no additional info. It was too basic. How can I handpick and motivate on basis of just a job description? So be careful what you do. You can build in a Boolean test. You can build in a, a simple sourcing uh, challenge. But be aware that a good recruiter needs more information than just the job description. So if you build in a test like that, if you want to do that, do so. But make sure that they have more information than just a job description. And make sure it's not a live role. Because although that will help you, they're doing work for free. Uh, a last solution is, of course, to pay them, but not every company wants to do that. But that wasn't it. I was asked to write outreach to a prospect without having any information. So I didn't know anything about the job. The prospect had an almost empty profile on uh, LinkedIn even. And I was just wondering what to, to write. So next to that, the person was already working at companies we could not even compete with. Salary-wise, skill-wise, challenge-wise. And there were some other tasks, but instead of doing them, I wrote them why I wasn't intending to do the tasks. It comes as no surprise that they didn't want to continue with me, but the feeling was mutual, because this is what you're doing. You're not just interviewing them, they're interviewing you as well. Don't make it overcomplicated for people. Ask the right questions. A short Boolean string test for a sorcerer is amazing. 
be aware of the level that you're going to ask them to be at. It doesn't make sense to give them a Boolean string if you know that they have a sourcing team. It does make sense to give to them when they will be sourcing themselves. But don't overcomplicate it. Make it one Boolean string or maybe two. Make it relevant in the way that it's not an open role, but it could be, right? And make sure that they have more information than just the job description. So keep it simple. Build a process where every interview has questions that are actually related to the position. And make sure that they get time to ask questions. A lack of questions is always a red flag for me. Now, on those few steps, you can iterate whatever you want. This is just an idea on how I uh, recruit recruiters if I get the chance. And especially that peer interview, the deeper level questions around the relevant role and the candidate's background, right? You want to know if they actually understand technology. Now, they don't have to be an engineer. They absolutely don't. They just have to be honest. The amount of times that I get to hear that they know about technology but aren't able to answer any questions around it. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. To give you a little bit of an idea, um, I've hired quite a few recruiters in my time or at least was part of the hiring process there. And there's a huge difference. I hired very technical recruiters. They understood everything. They understood the difference between JavaScript and TypeScript. They understood the difference between Java and JavaScript, that it's just more than just front-end to back-end. They had a good idea about DevOps. They had a good idea about how to work with the manager. But that last part was the most important part. How do they get the right information from the manager? Because I also hired people that weren't technical at all. But they knew how to sell the job and they knew which questions to ask because they collaborate with the hiring manager. And that's the whole thing. In the end, it doesn't matter if you're an ex-engineer or not. It doesn't matter if you are technical or not. It matters if you know how to utilize your teams. It matters where you get your information from. So whenever you're interviewing recruiters or you're interviewing for a recruiting job, make sure you emphasize on that part. Don't just expect, oh, they have a heavy workload um, and multiple hiring managers, they can do this job. No, because in some companies, they actually feed you all the information you need. And in some companies, you have to fight for the information. Some people, especially on the agency side, had to deal with less information. But it also means that they had to push more candidates. So if you hire somebody from an agency background, look at their mindset, not so much as on what they did in the past, because they didn't have the chance to do that often. When I did agency, I didn't get any information more than just a job description. Does that make me a bad recruiter? No. Did I have the opportunity to get that information? Absolutely not. Would I fail on every interview process where they ask me questions about how do you get information? No, because in my head, I definitely know how to do it. So don't judge a person on, this is a agency recruiter, they can't do in-house. That's absolutely not the case. This is not a technical person, so they can't do a technical recruiting job. That's absolutely not the case. But they have to ask the right questions. They have to be able to define a strategy. And if it's not something they have experienced before, at least they should understand what to ask and how to ask. 
So what I try to do here is give you an overview of the most important things in hiring tech recruiters or getting a job as a tech recruiter. It's about being personal from both sides, right? So as a recruiter reaching out to a, a prospect, read their profile, build good outreach. Don't template it because the hunt is on. As a prospect or a candidate and you want to apply, do your research. It goes both ways. Make sure that you know who the recruiter is. Make sure that you know what the company does, what they actually do, right? And what tech stack they have and how they utilize it. Often it's quite easy to find out. And if you don't, ask the recruiters, ask the people that you're going to interview with me because it shows interest. It shows you care. It shows uh, curiosity. It basically shows that you really want to be there. So do your research on front. And for the recruiters, the same thing. Now, do you have to be real technical to be a technical recruiter? No, you don't. You have to understand what questions to ask from your hiring team. And you have to understand that you need to do some research if you're talking to engineers. But it also depends on what questions you're going to ask in your screen. Not all tech recruiters will go into technical uh, details. Do you need to? Not always. It will help you with your pipeline. But if you're not comfortable there, don't do it. Make sure that you understand how to hire people. And to be honest, do you need to have technical people around you? No. You need to ask questions with the hiring team. They will guide you through it. And the rest of the part is understanding that you need to do research. If you are, um, I don't know, hiring for a front-end engineer and they said, we want you to have React, are you going to stick to pure React? Or are you going to even challenge the team and say, hey, listen, I know you want React. I've got a great candidate with Angular. I know that from Angular to React is a small step. Are we okay with doing that? Often you will get a yes. Because the skills are transferable. That's the part that you need to know as a tech recruiter. You don't have to understand how to build an application. You have to understand that some technologies are transferable. Some are not. What the difference is, the, the whole thing about the Java versus JavaScript thing. To be honest, everybody knows Java isn't JavaScript, but only a few people know why. And it's not because it's front-end versus back-end, because that, that is old. You can do front-end and back-end with both. But understanding that part, doing research into that part, that's what makes you stand out. If you utilize this interview process, um, you should be getting better results. Um, if you have questions around it, just let me know. I want to learn anything uh, that you experience as well. Um, I keep on learning. I keep on adjusting everything that I do. Uh, but there's a key thing that I wanted to share as a last part. It's about star-based interviewing. I love star-based interviewing. It's about the situation, the task, the action, the results. People can actually build their answers around that and you can actually judge them around that or assess them around that, better said. But there's one problem with it. If I'm an interview, in an interview and the interviewer asks me, can you tell me about a time? And the next question is, can you tell me about a time? It gives me the opportunity to answer the question in a perfect way. Because I actually have time to, to make up an answer even. 
Why? Because we as recruiters already know what we want to hear. So why don't we answer the exact answer back? There's a different way to actually implement the star-based stuff without people actually feeling it as it's another question. And that's by getting it into the discussion. So what I often do is just ask them, hey, why are you joining this team and why specifically this job? And they will start giving a little bit of information. And while they're sharing that information, I will actually implement that that star-based question. So if they're t- telling me about, hey, listen, I really want to join this team. It's super exciting. I'm working with your hiring managers, blah, blah, blah. I will ask them, okay, so cool. You want to work with a hiring manager, but did you actually have to work with a hiring manager this complex or did you ever have an issue with them? It's a different way of asking the same star-based question because I'm not asking them, can you tell me about the time that? I'm actually making it a sentence where you actually flow into that question. And that's where you get honest answers. So if you want to implement the star-based interviewing, if you want to implement this way of of interviewing as a complete, so doing that screen, doing that peer interview, doing that hiring manager interview, the business partner, the hiring manager on the business side, and the skip level leadership. If you want to do those things, make sure that you ask the right questions and that everybody asks the same questions. Star-based interviews is great, but also make sure it's structured. Every person gets the same questions. Because every person will answer them differently, but you will still get the same data points to actually assess if they're the right fit. And if you want to do take-home tests, do so. But don't make them too complicated and don't ask people to do free work for you. Asking them to actually build a Boolean string for a real-life role, that's okay. Asking them to find five uh, profiles for that role, that's not okay. And if you do a test upfront, give them more information than just a job description. A good recruiter needs more than just a job description. Thanks for listening. Um, If you have questions, please reach out. When it goes around outreach, please check my former episodes. Uh, You can find a lot of information for that because we really need to step up our game. Um, Nine out of 10 is still templated. And I think six out of 10 interviews are still very old fashioned and um, lead to a weaker hire. So good luck on the battlefield of finding technical recruiters or recruiters in general, to be fair. And again, talk to you next time.